You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Little Spoon, the one-stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid, delivered right to your door. The transition back into school always feels like a good time to recommit to routines, but between school drop-off, pick-up, and after-school activities, our schedule is still packed. One way to make your life easier is Little Spoon. With fresh, organic baby food for every stage, toddler and kid meals that even picky eaters like, and healthy snack time foods with their new smoothies line, Little Spoon has you covered. The toddler and kids food plates have classics like mac and cheese, but with hidden butternut squash and carrots, as well as more adventurous meals like cheesy pupusas or chicken pot stickers, stuff you probably wouldn't make at home but that your kid will love and are packed with nutrients. Little Spoon makes everything fresh and uses absolutely nothing artificial. It's just like homemade, all delivered to your door and ready in seconds. Pop your meals in the fridge or the freezer and use them when you're ready. It's that easy. The best part? The price is right. With kids' meals under $6 and baby food and smoothie snacks under $3, it makes trying Little Spoon easy. Make this school year's chaos a little more manageable with time-saving, delicious, and healthy meals and snacks you can feel good about. Enter code 3IN30 at checkout to get 50% off your first Little Spoon order. That's 50% off your first Little Spoon order with the code 3IN30 at checkout. Welcome to 3IN30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Today is the day, my friends. For weeks, I have been mentioning that the Self-Assured Motherhood Program, or SAM as I like to call it, would be opening for enrollment soon, and I'm excited to announce that doors for enrollment are open now and will close again on Friday, September 23rd. This nine-month program only opens once per year, so if this has been tugging at your heart, please don't wait or talk yourself out of it. The first step is to sign up to attend a free online class that I will be teaching several times live on Zoom over the next two weeks. This isn't just a sales webinar. This is actually the first class of my nine-month curriculum, so you can get a taste of what the program is like, even if you aren't sure you can commit to the entire program. Just go to 3in30podcast.com slash free class to sign up. And the first class is tonight if you are listening to this episode on the day it comes out. So don't wait. I'll be offering the same class several more times. So whenever you are listening to this episode, go to 3in30podcast.com slash free class to find out more. And I'll put that link in the show notes. Okay, so what are we going to talk about for our episode today? We are going to talk about one of the nine foundational topics that we explore in the Self-Assured Motherhood program, one per month. Today, we're going to be talking about Sanctify Your Soul Care. When I emailed the alumni of the program and asked which topic had had the most impact on them personally, so many of them mentioned this unit, and they shared with me super poignant and powerful stories of how they'd applied this concept of sanctifying their soul care to their lives. So I actually invited three of those women to come on the podcast today to share those stories with all of you, because I think every mom could probably use some help in this area. So yes, you are going to hear from three SAM program alumni, and I know you're going to love them. But before we dive into those conversations, I want to give you a bit of background on why I titled this unit Sanctify Your Soul Care. 
You may know that I am a former high school English teacher, and words matter a lot to me. I think deeply about words. I also really love alliteration, so obviously all of the units in the SAM program had to have alliterative titles, but that is somewhat beside the point. What I want to talk about today is the meaning behind two words, sanctify and soul care. So let's start with soul care. Why do I call it this instead of just calling it self-care, which is probably the more mainstream way of describing this topic? Well, I guess it's because to me, self-care often comes with the connotation of getting a massage or taking a bubble bath or buying nice skin products. And I support all of those activities. But when you're part of the SAM program, I want you to know right away that we are talking about something deeper than that. We are talking about the well-being of your soul, your actual body and spirit, the essence of who you are. And maybe part of taking care of your soul will involve massages and bubble baths and skincare, but not because you are looking for a quick or fun escape from your life, rather because you've gotten really intentional about what your deepest self really and truly needs, and you are prioritizing that. Which leads to the next word that I want to dissect a little bit, sanctify. This is such a great verb. It sort of carries with it the reminder to make something holy to set it apart and protect it. How would our lives change if we treated our soul care this way, as sacred to us, as non-negotiables that deserve to be prioritized, not just penciled in for when we happen to have time or squeezed in after every other to-do on our list is done. If we really sanctified our soul care and declared it as holy, I think it would make a massive difference in our well-being as mothers. Now, for each of my nine pillars of self-assured motherhood, I have my students rate how they are doing in that area before the unit begins. I have them rate themselves as green, yellow, or red, and I do this because I want them to have a visual way to self-assess, because it's hard to know how we are doing emotionally as mothers. It can seem sort of nebulous, so giving the women in my program some definitions to work towards makes the progress more quantifiable and tangible. So as we start this episode, I thought I would read you the definitions for Sanctify Your Soul Care that I give in the program, green, yellow, and red, so you can mentally assess how you are doing right now with this topic. So if you are green, you can define the three to five self-care habits that are essential for you, and you have a consistent routine for making sure those needs are met most days. You take care of yourself as thoughtfully as you take care of everyone else in your family. If you are yellow in this area, you generally take pretty good care of yourself, but when your life gets busy, your self-care is usually the first thing that you cut out. You haven't given much thought to what your soul needs, and you want to define your essentials and build more consistent habits around them. And finally, if you are red, you have very few, if any, consistent habits for self-care, and you often feel depleted, exhausted, and out of alignment with your values. Your life feels chaotic, and you are the last person whose physical and emotional needs you consider throughout the day. You keep pushing it to the back burner thinking, someday I will take care of myself. So according to those definitions, how are you doing with sanctifying your soul care? Are you green, yellow, maybe a lime green or chartreuse? (laughs) Or maybe you recognize that you are red or even deep dark red, blood red, as some of the women in my program call it, which feels all too appropriate. If you are there, I hope today's episode will help you and give you some ideas and motivation to start sanctifying your soul care a little bit more often. 
And I have to mention that if this rating exercise was helpful for you and you'd like to do it for all nine areas of the Self-Assured Motherhood program, be sure to come to one of my free classes over the next two weeks because I will walk you through all of the definitions and have you color code a nine-part framework during that class. But for now, let's focus on sanctifying your soul care. And let's hear from three SAM alumni who have had positive experiences learning more about this principle and who have insights to pass along to all of us. So we'll start with a clip from my conversation with Celeste Noland, a mom of five children ranging in age from 15 years old down to five months old. And by way of context, at the beginning of my conversation with Celeste, I was asking her a little bit about her experience in the SAM program. And I asked her if anything had almost held her back from signing up initially. I thought her response was super applicable to this topic of soul care. So we are going to jump right in at that point in my conversation with her. Here's her response about why she hesitated to sign up for the program at first, how she overcame that, and then we will head right into her personal experience with sanctifying your soul care. So here we go. My main hesitation was probably um, just paying for the program. My reasoning was, I don't know that I want to put forth this money like we're already going to be paying for a baby and, you know, kids in braces and all of these things. And then I started to think, but my needs are important too. And I felt like this was something that I needed and that would help me through the next phase of life. And so that's kind of what pushed me into going ahead and signing up is that just understanding that my needs are important too. And by taking care of myself, I'd be better able to focus on my family and take care of everything else. Yeah. And that is such a great lead in to talking about sanctify your soul care. Your needs matter too. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. You have a really sweet experience that you shared with me about your daughters that kind of embodies this pillar. So can you tell us that story and what it meant to you? Yeah, yeah, I can. It was one of those moments that when it happened that you just kind of log it, you know, you just kind of lock it into your memory. Um, Like a month or two ago, we were having family dinner. And my kids are all older aside from the baby. And so they love to help with the baby. And so my eight-year-old had won the lottery that day on feeding her, her baby food. And she would give her a couple of bites and then she would sit down and she would take a few bites herself. And the baby started fussing because she's a baby. So she's not patient. (laughs) And I was thinking that my inclination when I was a new mom would probably have been to just set my plate aside and feed the baby because she was fussing. But my eight-year-old did not do that. She would continue to give the baby a couple of bites, give herself a couple of bites. And then one time when her baby sister yelled at her because she was hungry and wanted more, my eight-year-old just looked at her and in the sweet voice said, I know you're hungry. I'm hungry too. So I'm going to take a few bites and then I'll feed you. And it was fine. I mean, this continued and the baby was fine and my eight-year-old was fine and they both got fed. And it was just such an eye-opening experience to me. I remembered our module that we had on Sanctify Your Soul Care and the idea that your needs are just as important as everybody else's. And I saw my eight-year-old embody that. And I just thought this came naturally to her. And at what point as women do we learn that others needs come before our own always. Obviously there are times when we need to put our kids 
needs in front of ours because they're children. But I think that we maybe do that more than what is really necessary just because of cultural expectations that we learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I can picture the kind and loving way that she said that. It wasn't like, you know, stop fussing. I'm eating. It was her saying, I see you're hungry. I know you're hungry. I'm hungry too. So let's meet both of our needs and I'm going to take care of you. And I'm also going to take care of me. And what a beautiful message that we can live as mothers. I'm going to take care of you. And I'm also going to take care of me. And you're so right that at some point, maybe we lose that sense that our needs matter too as moms. When I read that story about your daughters, I thought of one of my favorite articles that I read years ago when I was a new mom from the website Power of Moms. April Perry wrote, and it's called Mommy is a Person. It was a similar experience where she was at the dinner table and everybody was asking her for things. And she kept standing up and pouring the milk and getting the napkins. And by the time she sat down, her food was cold. Everybody else was done. They left the table and she's just sitting there eating by herself. And so one night she got everybody settled. She sat down and she said, okay, does anybody need anything else? Because mommy is a person and I'm going to sit and I'm going to eat my dinner and I'm not going to get up again until I'm done eating. So if you need something, say it now. And her family really understood that when she explained it and they were respectful of that she had needs as well. So in this article, she kind of goes through some of the other ways that mom is a person and that moms can ask for basic things that the other members of the family get. She can ask for privacy when she goes to the bathroom. She can ask for, I can't remember all the different things that April listed, but it really spoke to me as a mom of littles particularly. And it does continue. You know, you have teenagers now. And so, yeah, they're not asking you to get up and pour them a glass of milk anymore, but they still have a lot of needs that they're probably coming and interjecting. And it's important for you to be able to say, of course, I will help you with that. And I also need to be taking care of myself as well. Do you have any examples of that with your older kids or your teens of ways that you model that for them? Um, yeah, I love that story, by the yeah. way. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> that's, that yeah, article. That's great. Um, the one that I can think of off the top of my head is just, I feel like I'm interrupted a lot. <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm talking to somebody or if I'm working on something and somebody comes in and tells me something or asks me something or wants me to do something for them, I think that's probably the thing that happens the most with teenagers. So I've gotten in the habit of just saying, I need you to wait until I'm finished. And then I'd love to listen to you or I can help you with that Mm -hmm. just so that they understand. Another thing that I do is with homework, we have kind of office hours where as parents, we will be available. It's usually like the hour before dinner to help with homework. And so if you need help, then that's the time that you bring it. And that way it's not me staying up way late when I'm tired to help with homework or whatever. It just kind of helps set that boundary of I need sleep and I need to relax after dinner also, just like you probably do. So this is when I'm available. Mm, So good. Isn't that such a great story about Celeste's daughters? I can see why that moment stuck out to her. I know it's something that I'm always going to remember as well, as I try to confidently say to my kids, either out loud or even just inside my heart, I can see that you have needs, I have needs too, and I'm going to take care of all of us. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. 
This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, the world's largest provider of counseling done 100% online. With the transition back to school, I hope that means many moms are reprioritizing their needs and goals, and may I suggest including on that list your own mental health and wellness. Many of the outcomes-based goals that you may be considering, such as improving your health, marriage, finances, or parenting, may have roots that are so much deeper than just checking off a goal. I know in my life, I have had much more luck going after my goals when I've had the support of a professional to help me recognize and heal my limiting beliefs and address some of the underlying causes of my struggles. BetterHelp makes it easy to get started with a counselor without overthinking it. You simply fill out a confidential questionnaire at betterhelp.com slash three and 30, and they will match you with a counselor within about 48 hours. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or small. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash three and 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash three and 30. This episode is also sponsored by Rothy's, the ingenious company that repurposes plastic water bottles into their signature thread that they use to make shoes, bags, and more. Transitioning from summer to fall is easy with Rothy's shoes. I have the Point in Portobello and the Sneaker in Desert Cat. They are both fabulous neutral prints that truly elevate any outfit I wear from church to walks around the block with my family. And with back to school season, I can throw them on before school drop off to help me feel put together even when I have just rolled out of bed. Rothy's also makes comfortable sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. Their wide variety of styles are great for any time of year, so you never have to worry about getting brand new shoes each season. Rothy's shoes give you right out of the box comfort, come in amazing styles and colors, and you can wash them. It's easy to see why millions of women wear Rothy's shoes every single day. Step up your shoes and accessories this fall and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus, get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash 3 and 30. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash 3 and 30. This next interview is with Tiffany Walters, a mom of three, and I'm actually going to let her introduce herself and her family in a bit more detail because her story is unique and her need for soul care is perhaps especially important because of a loss that they've had in their family. And I will let her tell you a little bit more about that. So here we go. I'm Tiffany Walters. I live in Papillion, Nebraska, which is right outside of Omaha. I live here with my husband, Ryan, who is a professor at a local college. And we have three kids. We have Nora, who's four and a half. Fritz is a year and a half. And then our son, Dominic, he died when he was four, and that was just over four years ago. We just passed the four-year anniversary. So it's a tricky time, and so I'm glad we're talking about soul care because it's really important for me at a time like this. Yeah, for sure. And I know there are mothers in this community listening who have also lost children, and it's a grief that is unimaginable for those of us that haven't been through it. And Mm -hmm. I just want to say I'm so sorry for your loss. And thank you. I am interested in knowing how you take care of yourself in every season, but especially in those seasons when you're really feeling that loss more acutely. Yeah, I, I have a really good practice of yoga and meditation and prayer in these really tricky times. I find that a little goes a long way. So if I only have a few minutes a day, 
I need to take those. Even just a little bit helps me so much. And I, I feel that impact. It helps me take care of my, my other kids. It helps kind of center me and ground me. And it's a great way to start my day. One thing that the SAM program helped me figure out was we did an inventory exercise where we kind of listed all the different things that we found to be helpful with respect to soul care. And that really helped me for the times when I couldn't do my like usual routine for whatever reason. Sometimes the kids are sick or oversleep, you know, whatever life happens, right? So finding other things that really helped me that would feed my soul was also really helpful because otherwise I kind of see things black and white all the time. Like either I'm doing it 100% of the time, all the time, or I'm not doing it at all. And finding that, okay, if I can't do this in this moment, I can do other things like read. I sang a lot when growing up. So even cranking up the music in the bathroom when I'm getting ready and like belting out a song, I find is also very helpful for me and my soul care. So I think it's just finding what, what speaks to you and what feeds your soul and just like going with it and embracing it, embracing it, no matter how much time you have to do, it doesn't have to be this like huge drawn out thing. Yeah. I love that example of putting on music you love as soul Mm -hmm. care and, you know, singing along if that's something that you love to Mm do. So it sounds like you already had some pretty good practices with soul care before starting the SAM program. Were there any new insights that you gained as a result of being part of this program? Um, For sure. So about a year ago, I got a job offer to go back kind of as a part-time as needed casual position at my former employer. And it was maximum 10 hours a week, which I thought I can do that. Like 10 hours, a stay-at-home mom, I can do that. Um, we did an exercise as part of the SAM program where we tracked our time. And at that time, I wasn't doing my full like morning soul care routine as faithfully as I usually was at the time that we did this tracking exercise. And I realized how much of my very, very small amount of free time that I had each day was going to my casual as needed job. If I wasn't caring for my kids, I was doing work stuff. I was logging in and doing all this work stuff. The time tracking was incredibly insightful for how much of myself I was giving up for this job. Mm -hmm. And so it really caused me to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, is this what I want for me? And is this what I want for my family? Because there are some aspects of working that's great, right? I mean, there's a little extra income. It's something for me. But the other thing that it kind of made me have to look at is how much of this I really actually enjoyed. And it's like, if I'm going to give up this much of my time, I want to make sure that I'm doing something that I really enjoy and that's really valuable to me. And I don't know that I can say that. Yeah. Um, So I'm actually in the process of transitioning out of that position. It's been really hard for me. I've been, you know, heavily involved with this organization for a long time prior to having my daughter. I worked there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it's like I really, giving up a little piece of your identity. Yeah, it really, yeah. it really is. But at the same time, I, I hope to have more of a career again someday when my kids are a little bit older. And it will be very easy for me to just fall right back into this old career and previous job. And I kind of have had to have a hard look and conversation with myself to say, is that really what I want? Mm. And, and if I keep doing it, I'm sure that's what I will do. 
but there's a part of me that thinks I really need to let it go so I can figure out if there's something else out there for me. Yeah. How interesting. Such good insight into yourself. It reminds me of, I've heard before, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, or Mm -hmm. you want to. And I think so often as women, when we're presented with opportunities, we think, well, can I fit it in? That's kind of the first thing we think instead of asking, well, what am I giving up if I fit it in? So yeah, I can fit it in, but I'm no longer going to be able to go on my morning walk. I'm not going to be able to do these things that actually matter more to me. And it sounds to me like you didn't really even realize how much time it was taking away from your soul care until you actually tracked your time and looked at it and thought, there's no space here for soul care because I replaced all my soul care time with this job that doesn't feel like soul care to me. Is that accurate that you didn't even really realize it till you saw yeah, it on paper? 100%. I think what you said, like thinking that I could just squeeze it in, but I don't have a lot of space to, to squeeze that in. And then it was taking everything that I was doing for myself away from, from me. Yeah. This is such a great lesson. I think for all of us listening to think about how are we spending our time and is it, is it filling our soul? Not everything that we do all day long is going to be able to fill our soul, Mm -hmm. but we have to make sure that there are some things in there and what can we give up, move around, reprioritize to make room for that soul care, I think is a lesson we all really need to be thinking about in all of our different phases of life. I really resonated with Tiffany's insight about how sometimes we almost don't even notice when our soul care time has been squished out of our lives by other worthwhile, but maybe not essential things. And I do want to say that for some women working outside the home may not be optional. It may absolutely be what you need to do to support your family, or it may be something that you truly love to do. That is a form of soul care for you. Both of those scenarios are just fine. The bigger message here is the importance of slowing down long enough to take inventory of how you're spending your time, figuring out where soul care will fit for you, and making some necessary adjustments to your life if necessary. Because soul care isn't optional, it's essential, and it will anchor you through even the hardest trials in your life if you sanctify it. Our final takeaway is from a mom of four from Indiana named Abby Chipman. I asked Abby to share some of the key things she learned about soul care from our program, as well as a personal experience. And here's an excerpt of how she responded. Soul care doesn't have to be a big thing that takes a lot of time and mental energy to prepare for. Like all the baby steps that you can take add up and, you know, a weekend getaway, I think would mean less than taking the small intentional everyday steps in the long term. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I actually had a moment, a conversation with my husband, Ryan, at one point when I was so incredibly like burned out to my young motherhood, where we decided that I wanted to hire someone to come for a couple hours a week so that I could get a break. And I actually said to him, you know, this is money that we might spend on a vacation at the end of the year, but I would rather have peace and fulfillment in my day-to-day life than go on a big vacation at the end of the year to sort of escape my life, which I know that's not the reason why people go on vacation, but I wanted to live a life every day that was fulfilling so that I didn't feel absolutely drained and like I needed to have those escapes. And so I'm super glad you mentioned that, that we can invest in little ways all along the way, instead of kind of doing these big dramatic things for soul care. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's all about 
making your life somewhere you want to be every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can be proactive and you can strategize your soul care to make things that you want to enjoy more enjoyable. Like if I'm going to go do something with my kids that should be fun, but I know that it's actually going to be a lot of stress, I can plan ahead and strategize ways to take care of myself before and then during so that I hopefully completely eliminate that stress and actually enjoy myself when I'm doing those things. Yeah. That's what really struck me when you shared the story with me that you're going to share here in a second with the listeners. What struck me about your experience was that we often think of soul care as something that we do separate from our children. Like we leave and do soul care. And in the experience that you shared with me, you figured out how to soul care while you were with your children. You proactively thought about what can I do to care for myself to make sure that my needs are met during this outing with our family. And it made all the difference. So tell us a little bit about that specific experience where you utilize soul care in an outing with your children. So during spring break, I took my four kids, they're age one to seven, to the children's museum. And it was packed because it was spring break. And also there was a brand new exhibit and all the COVID restrictions had finally been lifted. So it was just packed. And now I used to go out all the time with my kids. It was a regular thing for us, but I was out of practice because of COVID. And my two youngest were still kind of new to being in crowded places and Mm -hmm. following directions. So it was a lot, but I had a plan. (laughs) So earlier in the program, we had talked about triggers and someone had mentioned the importance of emptying your sensory cup before you get overstimulated and it overflows. And they had mentioned a podcast from happy as a mother that went through a bunch of ways you can do that. And they talked about taking deep breaths and backing your body into a corner and wearing earplugs or noise canceling headphones. I thought I can do those things while we're at the museum. So, you know, we're there and all four kids are running wild in one of the exhibits. And I found a little corner and just backed into it. Mm -hmm. And every so often during the day, I would just consciously remember to take some deep breaths. And usually when I'm on these outings and I don't have to be interacting with my kids, I'll have headphones in and I'll be listening to a podcast or an audiobook. But that day I intentionally just didn't because that would just be one more thing filling my auditory cup. Mm-hmm. So three hours later, we'd hit up several exhibits. We had eaten lunch in the packed cafeteria. And we were in this sports section outside where my kids were running around trying all these different activities. And I was fine. I had not gotten overstimulated. I had not gotten overwhelmed. I was not stressed at all. And I had really enjoyed the whole day. And at the very end, my three-year-old was breaking down and my baby was breaking down because it was nap time and we were outside and it had started to rain really hard. And this is the point where I would just break down right along with my kids, Mm. but I was okay. And I was able to help them because I was still in a good place and it it just felt like magic, you know, (laughs) and this was the very beginning of spring break. So I had a lot of opportunities to keep on trying this out. And it worked every single time. Oh, that's amazing. I love hearing that. It sounds to me like you almost did a periodic check-in, like, how you doing, Abby? You feeling overwhelmed? Like, what could we do to release the stress? The same way we would check in on our children and be like, 
are you overstimulated? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Do you need a drink? Do you need to eat? But we forget to do that for ourselves as moms. We forget that we need to be in our own circle of care and checking in and making sure those needs are met. sounds like you did an amazing job doing that at the museum and it made a huge difference. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that experience and for your participation in the SAM program. You really went all in and it paid off in your progress that you made. Oh, and I'm just so grateful for this program. So thank you for creating it. Well, that's it, my friends. Three incredible women who are alumni from the SAM program sharing their experiences of learning how to better sanctify their soul care. And I just have to say, it is an honor for me to work with smart, committed women like this who are so dedicated to learning and growing so that they can find more joy and purpose in their motherhood. If you would like to be part of a community of women just like these three who will lift you up and inspire you and cheer you on in your own journey, join us in the Self-Assured Motherhood program. The first step is to sign up for my free masterclass, which I'll link in the show notes. So click that link right now and go for it. Okay, by way of recap, here are three takeaways about soul care that I took away from these three alumni interviews. First, from Celeste. Remember that your needs matter just as much as everyone else in your family. Include yourself in your own circle of care and quietly say to yourself or even aloud to your children, I know you have needs, I have needs too. I'm going to take care of all of us. Second, from Tiffany. Inventory the way that you're spending your time to make sure that there's room for soul care. Carefully consider which of your responsibilities aren't actually necessary and aren't actually fulfilling for you and make the brave choice to step away from those so you have more space to give to yourself. And third from Abby, build small acts of soul care into everyday moments and outings with your kids. Check in with yourself to see how you're doing and make sure to meet your physical, emotional, and even sensory needs. This will help you to be at your best during the inevitable chaotic moments that you will experience with your children. My friends, I am rooting for you. I want more than anything for you to find purpose, meaning, and joy in your motherhood. And I know the Self-Assured Motherhood program can help you get there if the time is right for you to join. Please let me know if you have any questions at all about the program, and I hope to see you in a masterclass this week. Take good care of yourselves and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.